You are listening to the Gateway Church in Spring Lake, Michigan. To learn more, visit us at thegatewaygh.com. All righty. Well, praise God. God bless you. Thank you for having me back. It's a blessing, a, pri- a privilege, and an honor. Uh, meeting Jessica for the first time. It's been for the f- how many years? Sound 17 has been going on. All these years, and, uh, and, and so we pray for one another's families all the time in your church, and uh, Gateway is continuously uh, uh, on our prayer list, along with uh, some of the other John 17 churches, and uh, it's just a privilege to be here. Uh, I think I said last time when I was here, uh, this brother, that you have an awesome pastor, uh, a, a giving heart, and he's just wonderful, and uh, he's brought here for such a time as this, and I'm excited about what's going on with Gateway, the building project, and all of the things that are taking place. And, uh, and I just appreciate uh, you having me, Reagan, Logan. God bless you guys, and um, let's do this. Um, I was given an assignment to, uh, to continue to share in the word of God that you guys have been uh, sharing in the book of Acts uh, chapter. I've been given the assignment, I believe it's chapter 2. And some of chapter four. So those few scriptures, and they kind of coincide with each other. And so we'll dig into that. I do want to. I do want to say that um, there is a uh, there is a there is uh, something that is transpiring in the in the spirit uh, in our community, um, in our city, uh, in in the nation. Um, some of it. Some of it's good. Some of it's not so good. And and as I was d- sharing with the Lord, or the Lord was sharing with me, I was saying. Okay, I understand the scriptures. I understand the assignment. Uh, but what is the what is the context? What is the the meat that needs to be shared from this? And because of what's happening in our society, in our country, for uh, particular, um, the Lord says, "I want my church to be as what you read about. I want my church to be united." And as we look across our country with our nation. Uh, so divided and so divisive in so many areas. Um, if the church can't be together, if the church can't be united, then the world doesn't have a chance. And so uh, hopefully uh, the Lord will use this uh, this morning to uh, to speak to you, um, some encouraging, some inspiring, some inspiring words. The last time I was here, I shared on um, the cost of discipleship, and uh, and that was a challenging word. This, out of all the book of, out of all of the things in Acts, this is probably one of the, for me, I'll, I'll just speak for myself, one of the most challenging uh, topics, one of the most challenging scriptures. Not only to preach, but even before I began preaching, to hear. Because it's about coming together, it's about getting out of ourselves, and it's about sharing and caring for others the way God would have us to do. And that sometimes rubs against our nature and the way we were, uh, uh, the, the, the fleshly nature. So this is what I'd like to do. Let's read um, uh, chapter uh, chapter two in the book of Acts, beginning at verse 35, uh, 30, is it 35 or 32? 42, 42, we'll read 42. You guys know better than I do. All righty. We'll read that, and then we'll jump right over to chapter 4 and begin in verse 32 and read through verse 37, and then we'll get into the word. Is that okay? Amen. All right, beginning with uh, verse 42, the word says, 
And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continually daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Verse 42 in uh, chapter 4 and verse 32 reads, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any... Neither said neither any of them ought to uh, ought of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and the great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices uh, of the things that were sold. And they laid them down at the apostles' feet, and, distrib and distribution was made unto every man according to, accordingly as he had need. And Joseph, who by, the apostles, uh, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having, laid, having, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word for the gathering of saints, and we pray, Father, that your spirit, Lord, would minister greatly and effectively to each and every soul present here today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give glory, and everyone said amen. amen. Now, if I could, I, every Sunday we do this at our church, and i just like to make a statement of confes confession, so if you would please just repeat after me after hearing today's word. My mind would be renewed. My faith will be increased, and I will be effective in Jesus, in Jesus Christ. I will be effective in Jesus Christ. I'm so used to doing it, I'm getting ahead of myself. All right, listen. Three things we're going to share real quickly, first of all. And, well, probably four things, just as the Holy Spirit leads. The first thing we want to see is that they all, the, the, the things were that they steadfastly came together. We see that in Acts chapter 242. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship, in breaking bread, and in prayers. Continued steadfastly. Now, this was coming right off of the, the Pentecost. The day of Pentecost, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there was great excitement that was taking place. 3,000 had been added to the church already. And so you've got this excitement, you've got this zeal. And how many of you know that sometimes uh, excitement and zeal will be fleeting? It'll last for a moment, and then all of a sudden when the, uh, when the crowds dissipate and things change a little bit, we kind of go back into doing what we were doing before we became excited. One way to combat that, and the one way that the early church combated with that was that they came together and they continued steadfastly in what the apostles had taught them. What the, the word that God had given them, the truth and the purity and the power that God had ministered to them did not dissipate because they wouldn't allow it. They continued to come together. 
and devotion and studying the word of God is a staple of spiritual growth. If you want to grow in Christ, if you want to do anything good for the Lord, it's going to take growth. And we don't grow just by osmosis. We can't grow just by being around people that are growing. We can't grow just by coming to church and thinking, well, Pastor Ben has enough faith for me and my entire family. No, it requires, it requires us to wash in soap. It requires us to wash ourselves and to get into the word, to read the word daily. There's a powerful component that takes place when believers come together and study the word of God. And this is what was taking place in the early church. And we need that same zeal, that same fervor, that same sense of urgency, because this is how we grow in our faith. This is how we keep that zeal. This is how we keep accountability to each other. When we come together and we're not complaining, we're coming together and we're digging into the word and we're just not reading it for reading, reading the word's sake. We want to apply the word to our life. We want to do the observation. And what is this really saying? How does, how does this word apply to me? How can I effectively take what I've learned uh, in Bible study, what I've learned in connect groups? How do I effectively take that and then go and deliver it so that somebody else, that the world, can, uh, that I can impact and influence? Those are my two favorite words impact and influence what is the church if we're not impacting somebody else saints we are the light of the world we are the salt of the earth and so every time we come together and every time we have opportunity for the word to 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 feed us the the bible teaches us that man should not live by what bread alone but by every word that would proceed from the mouth of god so that was one thing they did. The next thing that they, we see them doing is that they were united to grow uh, in their relationship with each other. So it just wasn't coming together or just coming to, because you can go and you can take classes and you can take online classes and you can get into the word that way. Praise God, many, of, uh, many people do and, and I support that. But there's nothing like getting down and dirty in the, in the trenches with people's mess, other people's stuff. See, you know, the one thing that makes us not like people is the thing that we need to please God, be involved with them, be involved in caring for other people's problems, other people's issues. People is a, can I say this? People is a dirty business. It's, it, it, can, it can be messy. And we, we, would, we would rather not have to deal with a lot of the things that we deal with. But the word says now, uh, in, verse, uh, in verse 44 says, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. Were together. In chapter 4, verse 32, the first part of that says, Now the multitude of those who believed were, on, were with one heart in one soul. That's unity. That's unity. One of the scriptures that, that I like is, if a kingdom, Mark 3, 24 and 25, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And believers, that's true for 
a kingdom. That's true for a nation. That's true for a family. That's true for a church. Remember the Tower of Babel? Remember when they were building and they kept building and they said, we're going to make it, we're going to build all the way up into the heavens. Then the Lord looked down and he said, this is not a good thing. Why did he say this is not a good thing? He said, because the people are united. The people believe together and nothing will be impossible for them because they're in one mind. They're one heart and one soul. They're going to do this thing that they've committed themselves to do. So he had to scramble their their, their, their language so they couldn't understand and speak to one another. Then they had to separate from each other. In other words, God brought division because he knows with unity there's power and there's success. This is why the early church was having some of the success that it did because of the unity and because of the power. So they were all together. There's power when believers are joined together. Today, when the body of Christ comes together, and we call this fellowship. Now, most times when you say you're a fellowship, and I know in our culture, when we say fellowship, we think we're getting something, we're going to get together, and we're just going to go get something to eat, right? That's fellowship. You say, well, we were just fellowshipping. There's always food with fellowship. And, well, the early church, they had that same mindset because they were breaking bread. The scriptures say they break bread. They went house to house fellowshipping, but it goes much deeper than that. The concept we see in the scriptures is, is, is much deeper than that. It's about joining together for a common goal, for a common purpose, to create a common bond. A common goal for a common purpose, creating a common bond. And see, and that coming together gave them the mindset of why we see some of the things that they were able to do then that scares us today. It literally does. Their hearts were joined together, and there was a deep, caring concern for each other. Now, you have to understand that this early church, there was sometimes persecution will drive you to believe in one another. Remember years ago with the 9-11? 9-11 was uh, when the Twin Towers uh, were attacked by foreigners. All of a sudden, Democrats and Republicans begin to join hands in prayer. Nobody was talking about division at that time. Why? Because they, we came together because now we have a common enemy. There's a face on terrorism now. And there was power in that, in, in that coming together. And when we deeply are con deeply concerned about each other, God's heart is made glad. God's heart is made glad because that's why he created us. Remember, he said, it's not good that man is alone. In fact, he created man. It, man didn't have, in, Adam didn't have anyone like himself. God is real deep into fellowship. He's real deep into uh, you and I bonding for a common goal, for a common purpose, for, for a com making a common bond. The Bible says that a threefold cord is not easily broken. In other words, that you can twine something together with three and bind it, and it's strong. Because those three individual things by itself can be snapped or broken, but together creates a bond that is very tough and difficult to break. 
and this was the strength of the church. They were they they uh, they they had they were different. So they con congregated with those that were like minded because they had a different uh, this this new way of doing things that had been ushered in by the Holy Spirit. They were excited. They had the power and that they were committed now to grow through their fellowship together in the reading of the word. Thirdly, we see in the verse 45 of chapter two, it says, and they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Now, this is the part where it starts to ruffle feathers. Because we like our stuff. We like being independent. We like things. And we look at it as God likes things, or he wouldn't have created them. And he wants me to be happy, and he wants me to have these things. And I'm not saying he doesn't. But when it comes to unity, when it comes to a bond for a common goal, a common purpose, when it comes to that, there's sometimes that the things that we have can get in the way of the unity that we're trying to build. Acts 4 and 32 says, neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Verse 34 and 35 says, now there, now there, um, now was there any among them who lacked for all who were possessors of land or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid at the apostles' feet. And then they distribute them to each as individuals had need. As a believer, we should be willing to give anything that we have, anything that's in our possession, we should be willing to give it away. How does that make you feel when I say that? Now, remember, there is re remember the rich young ruler, the rich, and, and he wanted to follow. He says, Jesus, what's my, what must I do to, be, to, to gain eternal life? And the Lord told him, well, do this and do that. And he says, well, I'll do all those things. Then the Lord says, well, go sell everything you've got and give it to the poor. And he walked away sad because he had great wealth. And not only that, it's interesting that the word says that he was young. He was looking at, man, I've got a long time to live and enjoy all this stuff. See, it's different for a person that's 99. They may say, oh, I ain't got but another month or so to live. <laughs> Give it away. Lord, I can walk with it. But when you're 24 and you've got millions, you're like, I got a long time. I can enjoy this stuff. The point is, is that sometimes we can be so attached to things that even when God would have us, not that he will, but if he chooses to, are we willing to part with it? to meet the need of someone that doesn't have it. That's, that's the whole thing. Instinctively, we begin to kind of scoff when we read this, when we read this part, uh, because we recognize that many of us have a lot to lose. We've, I mean, you know, our nation is a blessed and prosperous nation. With all of its problems, we're still a, breath, a blessed and prosperous nation, and most of us have more than we really, uh, more than we really need, to be honest more than we really need. And, and, and so uh, Matt Skinner, who's a professor of New Testament at Lutheran Seminary in St. Paul, uh, he says this, 
He says, the idea of community simultaneously attracts and repels most of us. We long for the life-affirming benefits that community can bestow, but we resist the demands that community makes. We long for the benefits of fellowship, but we resist the demands that requ that's required in fellowship. And, you know, it's, it's important to acknowledge that taken as a whole, uh, the book of Acts does not necessarily depict this type of communal living as a whole. In fact, uh, after Ananias and Sapphira in, in chapter 5, when he held back some of his proceeds, sold land and kept it for himself and was punished for that, we see very little talk about this type of living. Not to say that it didn't exist, but most scholars since the Reformation purpose that the Acts offers symbolically, uh, the symbolic idealized portrait of communal life. This is, this is how, uh, this is a picture of what people that are united together can do and should do. And I ascribe to that as well. I don't necessarily believe that the Lord wants, uh, needs us or, or desires for us to give all that we have. I do believe that he desires for us to meet the needs of others when we have more than enough. See, then it becomes to where we get the word stingy, greedy, hoarders, and those aren't good things for the body of Christ. And so to be united, we can't be united if among us there are those that are lacking. There are those that, aren't, that, that don't have shoes. There are those that don't have proper attire. Remember the scripture that says that uh, if, 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 you see, uh, the, if you have two coats and you run across someone that don't have any, give him one. Notice it says if you have two, give one. Many of us have many things, and the Lord may be placing it upon our heart. I thank God because I, as talking with Pastor Ben, I know that you have a pastor that is a giving pastor. Amen. You do. If you don't know, I'm telling you, you do. You have a pastor that is giving. So this attitude and this heart of being, of being willing to sacrifice, being willing to give and to be, being willing to, uh, to go without, to do something and to want something or to desire something and get it and then be told to release it. Anybody ever been to that place? where you've been wanting something for longest and then you finally come across you and then the Lord places upon your heart to bless someone else with it or to sell it into, and, and to take the proceeds and give to, to, to a, 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 a charity or ministry work. See, that's the kind of heart that the Lord can look to fill and that's what he wants to do. He wants the church to get to a place where we become empty vessels. And it's extremely difficult to become empty vessels if we're full of all kinds of things. And so God wants the, the, the body of Christ to be as though, look, I will supply all of your needs. You don't have to worry about anything. I will supply your need according to my riches. So if I give it today, 
I'm not really concerned because the source, the, the source giver will make certain that I have what I need. Are you listening? So with that being said, we can't dismiss this idea of, uh, of community, this portion of community as it relates to giving, as it relates to caring for our brother, our sister. But remember, the scripture tells us that, um, that we should especially take care of those of the household of faith. And many times, if, we're not, if we don't have that relationship with people, we won't know that they're hurting. We don't know that their children are without something. We won't know that they're about to get kicked out of their home. Why? Because we see them at church, and then we go our other direction. And we, we do the church thing. You know the church thing. We welcome people. We smile. We hug them. And then we go home. And we don't see them again. And if we're not committed in being united as a body, we won't think about them again. And if we're not getting into the word on a, on a daily basis, this is part of that. It brings us back to teaching. It brings us back to being encouragers. And we'll look at that. But the idea is that this church was powerful because of the, un the unity that they had. This church was powerful because they were willing to study the scriptures and grow. They were willing to, be, to meet on a regular basis. They were willing to be involved with each other's life. They were willing to the point to where it wasn't mine and ours, but I mean, and, and, and this is my house and my family, but if I don't, if you don't have, I don't have. That was the mindset. And I believe that there are particular times in our life, not always, but particular times in our life where the Lord will call for us. And even if he, even if the desire, remember Abraham, where the, the ultimate sacrifice was, Abraham, are you willing to give your son that I promised you? Once he saw that Abraham was willing, he provided a ram in the bush and said, hey, Abraham, I'm, you're good. Now that I know that you would not withhold this. See, sometimes I believe that the Lord will give us an opportunity to step in to do something extraordinary against our flesh, against our needs, against our wants, against our desires. And we struggle with it because we don't want to be left without it. We almost don't trust God enough to replace that. Not knowing that God is really testing you to see if that's more important to you than him. Are you listening? So, what prevents us from uniting like these individuals? What, what, today, I mean, I know it's a different culture. I understand that. But today was a lack of time. We're so busy. Everybody is so busy. Right now, I've had most of uh, my children are grown now. My two sons that are married, seven uh, grandchildren. So we're busy with grandchildren these days. Son has just got out of college. So we don't have the, but I know when you have young family, like the, uh, is it the, the Carefells? See, they're going to have a whole bunch of running. They're going to have to get this person to that family, and then you're going to have to do this. The twins, the prophets, they're going to have soccer games to get to. They're going to have to have, then you're going to have to run across town to get there. And it just gets busy. 
And you know what? You don't necessarily have time to invite people over to your house to fellowship. Not that you don't want to, it's just that you don't have time. A lack of trusting one another. And you know, in order to trust somebody, you got to spend time with them. Do you actually believe that I would be standing in this pulpit if I had met your pastor uh, last week? Probably not. But over time, this has been years, over time, he said, hey, this guy all right. He's cool. I, I trust him. And the same with, the same with he, when he, uh, when he came to our church to minister. Over time, you build trusting relationship. But if you're not spending time, if all you do is you're sitting on that side and you always sit at that side. You know what I do at I church sometimes is I, 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 I do a mass change. Yeah. I do it because people are committed to their seat. <laughs> More so sometimes than to the Lord. <laughs> They're committed to they sit right here and they will have a bad day in service if you have to. But sometimes, every once in a while, I'll say, okay, this time after fellowship, because after our praise and worship, we kind of like the meet and greet time. Don't go back to the seat you normally sit in. If you sit on the left side, I want you on the right side today. And it, but it, they're used to it now. But some people still have a problem with it. And I say, get to somebody that you don't know during meet and greet. Don't stand there and talk to the same person that you see all the time and you're going to text when you get out of church. <laughs> Go to someone that sits back there and don't know anything. Reagan, she's, Reagan came to our church, and she was sitting. She came, and, uh, and she was sitting towards the back. And one of our members, in fact, I had, I had not really recognized who Reagan was. And one of our members went back there grabbed her and brought her up and said, no, nope, you're not going to sit by yourself. You're going to come up here and sit with me. I thought that was uh, Clem Clementine is her name. Clem I thought that was Clem's guest, but she wasn't. She didn't even know her. She just like, I'm not going to let her guest sit back there by herself. I'm going to bring her up here and sit her up here with me. That's what I'm talking about. That To take the time to go outside of your norms, to get out of ourselves, to do something special or to just a pleasant smile, uh, ask about it. Now, I'm terrible with names. I have to ask my wife all the time now, who was this again? It, but to, to learn people and to know their children's names and to know something about them and to ask how they're doing and really mean it. How many times has someone asked you to pray for them and you've said, Okay, I'll be praying for that, and then you don't. I don't. I'll, I'll be the only one. I'll raise my hand. <laughs> Not anymore. I've got the Lord dealt with me, so I'm diff I'm, I'm better now. But I remember, I need you to be praying for such and so and so, and she's in the hospital. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And then I won't think about it again until I see that person again. And the Lord says that's because you don't care. You didn't really care. You was just going through the motions and getting through with the conversation. So now I make it a point that when someone asks me to pray or ask pray, I said, do we have time now? Can we pray now? And if that, and if that time is not permissive, then I make certain to where I follow up. I'll send a message, a letter or something, uh, just how, things go, how are things going? We've still got you covered, still lifting the family up in prayer. Why? Because that builds trust. We have a problem with 
with, uh, and it's just the lack of desire. Do we have the same desire? Do we want to meet other people? Do we want to get outside of our box? Most of the time, we're perfectly happy with doing our own thing. And that's not a good thing. We get busy. We get tired. And sometimes we just want to be left alone. And that's okay sometimes. Amen? It's okay to want to be left alone sometimes. You know, today, and I, I'm going to break my own word. I said that I wasn't going to mention the, 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 the word Super Bowl today. <laughs> but I'm going to break it. <laughs> I'm an avid. I've been coaching middle school football for years. I'm an avid sports guy. But I don't particularly care for the Super Bowl. Why? I mean, and I don't like all of the build up to it. I really don't like being invited to Super Bowl parties. I just don't. Why? Because I want to be left alone. I want to come home Sunday after church, after ministry, and I don't want to feel obligated to entertain. That's a flaw of mine. That's a weakness. But that's okay because every day is not like that, just that day. <laughs> every day, I don't feel like that all the time about everybody. It's just that day, I don't want, a big, I don't want this big to do. If I, I want to be able to walk away and go to bed and not have to feel like I need to be there to watch the game, especially when the Raiders aren't playing. You can understand I'm a Raiders fan. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> the Lord is calling for us. He's calling for his church to be more and to do more to facilitate our fellowship with each other. This is how power comes. If you want to see really, and, and, and Gateway is doing some miraculous and wonderful things. If you want to see the next level of advancement, the next push, then I believe that in part of what Pastor Ben was sharing about the giving and about the tithing, that making that commitment, because really that's about taking, getting out of our norms, getting out of ourselves, and trusting God. And coming together and to connect where he's talking about. We connect in, you know, in reading the word. We connect with the Lord. We connect with each other. And then we connect outside. That's what this is all about. That's that, that's that power of unity. That's the power of, of unity right there. But the last part we want to share is, is Acts 4. And the, the, the last part of that, verse 36, when it says, and Joseph, who's, who's also, who, whose name was Barnabas, the apostles, which was translated son of encouragement in the New, New King James uh, Version, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Here we see an individual who had land. Now, he was a Levite, and remember, Levites weren't really allowed to have land. I don't know how he got it. But remember the tribes, that the, they were left without land because the people, God was going to take care of the Levites. So they were allowed to have land. But somehow he came across them, and he sold it, and he gave the proceeds. In fact, the biggest thing about that was that not in his giving. The biggest thing that I see is that the scriptures of Luke in, in writing Acts thought enough that he would mention that we don't even call him by his name. We call him by his acts. We call him by what he does. How many of you have a nickname in here? 
Y'all know what nicknames are. Everybody, a lot of people have nicknames. And some of them, you know, are corny, you know, and they, when you get older, you don't like them anymore or anything like that. But generally, a nickname, uh, it, it indicates something about you endearing to others. His name was, they didn't even call him, Bar no, they didn't even call him uh, Joseph. They called him Barnabas. It just came out. His mom didn't name him that. They called him, they just started calling him Barnabas, which means he's an encourager. That's why they called him that. He was always around encouraging people. And if there's anything that we need today in the body of Christ, it is more encouragers. It is more people that will be in a group and see someone down, see someone uh, uh, frustrated, and go to them and speak a word of comfort. To go outside of themselves, and you can encourage by giving, giving someone, giving someone a ride, seeing a situation and offering to encourage them to, uh, uh, by doing something for them, speaking a word of the Lord to them, embracing them, giving them a compliment. Remember that word. Compliment. See, today we like to point out everybody's faults. Other churches, people that's left the ministry, people that don't talk a lot, people that have, you know, that maybe look different, act different. The church needs more Barnabas today. Needs more people to, to, to push, to encourage, to build each other up. And that's what Barnabas was. He was a builder. He built the church. He built the body. When a ministry goes through situations, your pastor or your leader, someone in leadership, they're dealing, they're human. You're human. It's not always. I know Pastor Ben seems like he's never having a bad day. <laughs> Believe me, there's, some th there's words of encouragement. And the last thing, particularly with leaders or, or, or anybody, is when you've got all of this on your plate, is to have a complaint or it seems to be ungrateful for what God has blessed the Gateway Church with. I get excited. I was excited about how you encourage uh, the, the, the new families. I get excited. That's a good problem to have. That's a good problem. As Pastor Ben said, it's going to take a while. It's kind of it's hard to get this back together once they all go through. Man, you know what? That's a blessing. It is a blessing when it takes a long time for everybody to greet your new members. Amen? That's a good thing. And we should walk away from that being encouraged. There are some people that don't have that in their life. And that's what they need. They need that more than money. They need that more than anything. They need a word of encouragement. They get it from the pulpit, and they get it from the, from, from the pastor, but they need it from the people, the body. They need it from each of us. They need to know that they feel valued. And this was what made the early church different. This is what allowed the early church to move. This is what allowed them to grow through studying together. This is what allowed them to grow and to have the anointing because the word says that miracles and the power of God and the grace of God was upon them. Why do you think that was? Why do you think that was? Because he saw them together in a, for a common goal, a common bond, for a common purpose. He saw that in God's power always. He says where two or three are together, 
in my name, meaning in unity, where we're gathered together. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to tear this person down. And I'm not mad because I didn't get this promotion. And I'm not upset because this individual, is, 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 his uh, name was put up and mine wasn't. Or the pastor forgot, and it's a good thing you probably didn't try to remember those names because I get myself in trouble doing that. But sometimes people get upset about that. Well, he named all of those kids, and he didn't name but one of ours. <laughs> it will leave mad. Saints of God, if you hear nothing else, the Holy Ghost and the power manifested in those believers because they were united. Because they were united. A kingdom divided can't stand. United together, we stand. Divided we fall. It's just as simple as that. And gateway, as you go to this next level, to this, to this next, and to this next uh, 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 area in, in in ministry, and great things, great and awesome things uh, are transpiring. More and more people are gonna come, and you're gonna have to be more united than ever before. More united. No division. Have to be less selfish. You have to become more selfless. Am I willing? I'm willing. Now, God may not ask me to sell my car. But there may be a time to where you have a car, your wife have a car, you've got a, 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 a you know, a, a Winnebago or something, and the Lord just say, okay, do you need that or can you rent one? You only use it once a year. Can you sell that and then bless this family that doesn't have anything? Not the fact that he would have you do it, but are you willing to if it came to that? That's the kind of unity and selfless heart that we see in these, in these texts that we've read. That's what takes all churches particularly, but that's what takes Gateway to the next level. This unselfish desire to be pleasing to him, a catalyst for increase. That's what takes place. When people come together, listen, when people see that you care for each other, remember the scripture says that they're going to know that you love the Lord by, uh, that you are with the Lord by the love that you show towards each other. That's how they're going to know. When the world sees that, it's like a magnet that draws. That's evangelism. They added daily to the church because of their unity that they had as a body. People wanted to be a part of that. And I believe that's why part of your ministry is going because you've already got a lot of these things in place. And God is pleased with what Gateway is doing. God is pleased. And he wants us to be, to, to, and we can, as Paul, Paul says, I'm pressing forward. We can always do better. We can always, there's always chinks in our armor. And we want to be individuals that just push forward, press through, and move beyond anything that would prevent us from having God's best. Come on, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. You can come, could you come up, uh, Reagan, please? And just pray real soft. Just going to pray, and uh, this is what I want. The altar is going to be open, but particularly for individuals that, that may feel that uh, God is calling them uh, to a greater uh, degree of, 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 of fellowship. Maybe, and I don't want you to be embarrassed, but maybe there's just, you don't, you, 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 you've been reluctant. You don't know if you fit in. 
You have a lot to offer Gateway. You have a lot to offer to the body of Christ. And it's just been sort of a struggle. You're sort of shy. I want to pray for you. Thank you. Father, all over this building, we have souls. Souls, Father, that love you. This is a place, God, of safety and security. I pray, Lord, for any person, anyone, any soul, Lord, any that feels disconnected, that feels isolated, that feels unloved. I pray for your power, God, to manifest itself in their life. This morning, Lord, you do, Father, what man can't do. Begin to stir in hearts, Lord. I pray, Father, that there will be a breaking of hardness, Lord. If there's a hardness, there's been a, a rough areas, oh, Lord, where we've been unwilling, oh, God, to relinquish to you. I pray, Father, for that to be broken now in the name of Jesus. Father, we give glory to you. Help us, O oh Lord, to be the church, oh God, that you have called us to be. Help, Father, for you to, for, for this house to manifest itself in the power and the glory of the Holy Spirit. We come against everything, O oh Lord, that would speak against the advancement and the increase that all of heaven, O oh Lord, desires for this house. Every selfless mindset, every selfless act, every, every spirit of selfishness, Lord, we pray that it is broken so that unity, we pray that love, brotherhood, and fellowship, Lord, would adorn this house, God, like never before. We pray, Lord, that an increase through evangelism, Lord, would take place, Father, in the connect groups, Father, here through the word, Lord, in our private times, as they're, as they're praying and as they're reading their daily devotionals, Lord. I pray that the power of God would manifest itself. Show yourself, speak, God, to those hearts, to those lives. Break them free, Lord, from the restraints, O oh God, from the timidity, the spirit of fear, Father. We cast it aside in the name of Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that many would flow into this place because of the love that they see being displayed, Lord, among each other. Because of the love that they see being displayed, Lord, out into the world, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the connections and the partnerships, helping disadvantaged and special needs kids and those things, Lord. Deposit into them, O oh Lord, recompense, O oh Lord, for their faithfulness. And we just ask, God, that you would manifest, O oh Lord, that spirit of Barnabas, O oh Lord, to be an encourager, that we would lift each other up and not tear each other apart, O oh Lord. That there will be those that would encourage, O oh Lord, and never be a discourager. In the name of Jesus, we thank you and we give glory to you. And everyone said amen. Amen. Well, what I like to do is I like to give God a hand clap of praise at the end of service. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. God bless you. We thank you for your time. Allowing me to speak to you this morning. You be blessed. You go with God. Go with peace. May the blessings of the Lord shower you holy.
and completely. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegatewaygh.com.